Welcome to the Legacy Nashville podcast. We are so grateful that you've taken the time out of your day or night to tune in. We pray that this message encourages you to love God, love people, and change the world. Now, let's get to the message. Well, today I'm going to continue our accidental sermon series. All right, so this was never intended to be a sermon series. It was only intended to be one message, all right? I was going to do one message, and then Dr. Frank Damasio was going to preach for us, and then I was going to kick off a sermon series about the lost. And my intent at this point this morning is to continue with my plan to do a sermon series on the lost and evangelism. How many of you guys now that you've heard that are instantly excited to come back next Sunday? It's about five of you. And I understand because we start to squirm when the pastor begins to preach about evangelism. Oh my goodness. You mean I'm going to have to share the gospel? (laughs) How many guys know that the spirit within us does not simply call us to share the gospel, but the spirit within us causes us to share the gospel? The most natural thing that we can do as a disciple of Jesus is to become a discipler with Jesus and share the love of Jesus Christ with our neighbors that have yet to know and experience that love because it's the best thing that you could ever live for. Amen? So my intent at this point is to talk about that next Sunday. So I want you all to make a commitment right now. Say, I'm going to come back. I'm not going to be scared off by the topic. Listen, what scares you is often what you need to lean into. <laughs> you know, that is freaking me out. Okay, I'm going to do it anyway. And, and I really respect that energy because you know why? That's world changer energy right there. That's that spirit of a world changer. And we are all about that here at Legacy Nashville. We believe that history is supposed to be different because you are alive. You are anointed for impact, you are called, and you will be caused to make a difference as you follow Jesus. So let's turn in our Bible to Joshua chapter 3. I'm going to read verse 7 through 13 again. Everybody said again. And then you look at the person next say, can you believe he's reading this again? But yes, I am going to read it again. So if you're in your Bible now, Joshua chapter 3, just say, I'm there. If you're not, it's all good because I can read it off the screen. It's verse 7 through 13. So the Bible says, The Lord said to Joshua, Today, oh, I like that. Today, I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all of Israel, Joshua's generation, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And as for you, command the priest who bear the Ark of the Covenant. When you come to the brink of the waters of the Jordan, you shall stand still in the Jordan. Oh, I like that a lot as well. Water is a picture of the Spirit. And so God is telling his people, when you get to the water, wade in the water for a little bit until I move on your behalf to work a supernatural miracle. Don't get antsy to take territory that I promised you. Get to the edge and wade in the water. Stay in a place of the Spirit until I move on your behalf and give you further 
direction. Oh, I like that picture a lot. I'm going to wade in the water. Amen. And Joshua said to the people of Israel, Well, come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, Here is how you're going to know that the living God is among you and that he will without fail drive out before you the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Parasites. I always get that one wrong. It's Parasites, not Parasites. Girgashites, Amorites, Jebusites. Oh, man, that's a lot of ites. But they're all going to fall in the name of the living God. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is passing over before you into the Jordan. Now, therefore, I want you to take 12 men from the tribes of Israel, from each tribe of man. And when the soles of the feet of the priest bearing the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth shall rest in the waters of the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan shall be cut off from flowing. That's a supernatural miracle. And the waters coming down from above shall stand still in one heap. There's another supernatural miracle. So I want to continue with this message on inhabitation level leadership for 2021, a year of inhabitation. It's called the Joshua General. So let's pray. Lord, we just want to say thank you for your word. Thank you for your everlasting word. Thank you for your word that never fades away. It never withers. It's always good. Doesn't matter the season. It always works. Your word is always triumphant in our lives. And so as you have released your word over our hearts, over our minds, over our spirits, we begin by saying yes and amen. We agree. We align with what heaven wants to do in our lives this morning in Jesus' name. And the church said Amen, amen, amen. Well, as we have been talking a bit about this, this uh, inhabitation level leadership, I am consistently reminded of a prophetic word that Pastor Michael Miller gave us when he was here uh, last month. And he said, you're in a crossover season. Everybody say crossover. So what he was illustrating was the picture we're getting here from Joshua chapter 3, that the people of God were leaving their wilderness and they were crossing over. They were crossing over through the waters. The same waters that Jesus was baptized in. The Jordan, right? They were crossing over. And they were stepping into those promised places. And during the crossover, there is transition. Everybody say transition. Don't we as charismatics love that word? We are always in a season of transition. This is how you know somebody's Pentecostal. How you doing? I'm in transition. But this season of transition that's taken place in the Word and this season of transition that's taken place in the life of this church has created a divine crossover. And in the midst of a crossover, there is an emergence of new leaders. Now, I, you know how I know you're a part of that? Because you showed up at the 9 a.m. on Daylight Savings Time. That's how I know. That's how I know. You woke up early, you got in the spirit, you got your kids dressed, and you came to church. Well done. Good job. You're a leader. Somebody say, I'm a leader. So during the crossover, there's this emergence of, of new leaders. I believe that God is raising up new leaders in this house. That's a good time to say amen. Because I believe we have some new leaders that are in the seats right now. I believe God is sending us more new leaders. Uh, I meet people all the time. People DM me on Instagram and say, I'm coming to Legacy Nashville. I live in another city, but I'm going to move. 
to Legacy Nashville because something is happening there. There is a crossover taking place. I had a pastor this week from California say, you're giving me some strong revival vibes, bruh. What is going on there? Can you pray for our church? Because I'm getting hit with the spirit of revival. When I turn on your live stream, when I listen to the prayer room, what is happening at Legacy Nashville? It seems like there is a crossover. And in the midst of this crossover that's taking place, I believe that the spirit is highlighting some of us and is calling us to step up and to step out and say, I'm one of those leaders. I'm not signing up just to do what I'm strong at. I'm signing up to do whatever the church is weak at. I'm not looking to get value out of where I serve. I am looking to add value because I serve. Now, I realize that the people on the front row are ready to get hype about that. But we are in a crossover. And this is not just about a person. This is about a family. It's not just about one leader, it's about a tribe. And I believe I am a part of a house that is filled with world changers. People who are not willing to simply be innocent bystanders as Jesus moves throughout our city to work supernatural miracles throughout our neighborhoods. I believe that I am part of a family of volunteers. After all, Tennessee is the volunteer state. We are supposed to be marked by mission prophetically from the Lord. We are supposed to be those that say, it doesn't matter if it's an inconvenience. I say yes, because Jesus is worthy of it. It doesn't matter if it causes me to become talked about, gossiped about. Doesn't matter if somebody has something smart to say about it. I'm following Jesus. I'm not checking with men's opinions before I obey him. I'm following Jesus, I am moving from my wilderness. I am moving into my promised land. It is a crossover season. It is a crossover season. So where are those new leaders? Look at your neighbor and say, are you one? Come on, some of you guys didn't look at your neighbor. Look at your neighbor and say, are you one? I know you're sleepy this morning. So that's why I'm just trying to go for it from the jump. Is that okay? Listen, I always want more Holy Ghost than I want hype. But every now and then we're going to need a little bit of hype, you know, especially when you lost some sleep in the middle of the night last night. All the parents in here say, yeah, that's me. I understand. Me too. But listen, it's time to cross over. It's not time to sit on our hands. And I believe this is a word for our house, but I also believe, and I, I want to be very humble in my submission of this, okay? This is a submission that I do believe it is a generational type word. I'm not saying I'm supposed to preach it to our generation, but I do believe it is some discerning insight on what God is doing with our generation. And I say that humbly and I submit that to you, but I feel that in my guts. And as I talk to my friends who are leaders all throughout the world and I share and submit this word to them, at this point, I've gotten a lot of agreement. Yep, 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 I totally see that. Yep, I see that happening in my church. Yep, I see that happening in our ministry. And, and number one, a Joshua general, somebody who's going to live out in habitation level leadership is a presence person. They are more presence driven than they are purpose driven. They're not obsessed 
as much with the promises as they are with the person. They're tied up in Jesus. More than they are destiny because they understand that destiny is not a place. Destiny is a person. As long as I walk intimately with Christ Jesus, I will end up where I'm supposed to be. Can we stop stressing about where we're supposed to live? Can we stop stressing about the job that we're supposed to have? Can we stop stressing, stressing about the car that we're supposed to drive? Can we stop stressing about the neighborhood that we're supposed to live in and focus ourselves on one person and one person only? Jesus, he is the priority. He is the one who gets all of my attention. He is my supreme focus. I am looking at Jesus. I am obeying Jesus. I am following Jesus. He'll make sure that I'm in the job that I'm supposed to be in. He'll make sure that I'm in the neighborhood that I'm supposed to be in. He'll give me wisdom to have the car that I'm supposed to drive. Are you guys hearing what I'm saying this morning? He'll give me wisdom and insight, revelation and understanding about the woman I'm supposed to propose to. I, I get it. Some of us are more preoccupied with a spouse than we are the Savior. And we have to look at Jesus and say, Jesus, I trust you. I'm not taking my eyes off you. This is all about you. I ain't going to chase her. I'm chasing you. But if, if she's chasing you too, we're probably going to meet halfway and be like, what's up, boo? Y'all not ready for my 8 a.m. energy this morning. I can already tell. I can already tell. You're not ready for this daylight savings energy right here. Hey, listen, point number two, and we, we talked about this the week before Pastor Frank shared, which is this generation's leaders will not lead as orphans, but they're gonna serve as sons and as daughters honoring spiritual mothers and fathers. Listen, if you don't wanna honor, honor you just picked the wrong church. I'm telling you the truth right now. We are called legacy for a God purpose, all right? We want to honor spiritual moms and dads. We wanna honor people who've gone before us. We wanna honor people who've pioneered. We wanna honor people who've you know, taken territory that we're not gonna to have to fight for, but we're gonna to get to inhabit. Why? Because we're sons and daughters receiving a free inheritance by the grace of God that we are grateful for and we refuse to become self-made. Refuse to become self-made. Be God-made. You already have a rags to riches story. It's called Good Friday to Easter. You're not gonna come up with a better narrative. Listen, your goodness is not going to be found in your biography. You ever read a biography before? It's about everything somebody ever did good in their life. You read a biography, it leaves out all the sin, leaves out all the bad stuff, doesn't even talk about the mistakes that they made. It just says, here's their highlights. Boom, one after the other. And then he did this. And then she went there. And these great things happened. And then she built that. And then, you know, that's what you get when you read a biography. Listen, your goodness, your greatness, your awesomeness is not found in your biography, it's found in your testimony. It's not about what you've done right, it's about what Jesus has done for you. It's not about the great things that you've accomplished, it's what Jesus finished on the cross. That is where your goodness is found. 
You don't have to write a great biography. That's not required. Just have a testimony. And every single one of us can have a testimony. And it's not because you're so awesome. It's because he's so awesome and what he's done for you. So that brings me to my third point. And I'm going to do my best today to go through point three, four, five, and six. And be done with the Joshua generals. Can I do it? We'll see. You don't believe it, do you, Sean? I know, it's okay. You like it. I like it too, actually. It's a pretty fun message. Um, But point three comes comes to us from verse eight and nine. I'll read it to you real quick. And as for you, command the priest. Everybody say command. command. Command the priest to bear the Ark of the Covenant, which is the presence of the Lord. When you come to the brink of the waters of the Jordan, you shall stand still in the Jordan. And Joshua said, everybody say, he said, He said to the people of Israel, come here and listen to the words. Everybody say the words, the words of the Lord, your God. Now I had you guys repeat those words strategically because this is about what leaders do. They speak, they lead not only with their works, but they also lead with their words. This is one of the reasons why I don't think leaders should cuss. Oh my goodness, just take an aim at sacred cows all of a sudden, right? I, if you want to be a preacher and you want to be a worship leader, I don't think you should cuss. I'm just, I'm just being honest. How are you going to yield the instrument that God has given you to lead others with to the enemy? With gossip, foul language? You know why? Because that mess will come out in the midst of you attempting to lead with your words. How you talk about people in private, they're going to feel it in public. I can promise you that. And so that's why, um, you know, in Second Timothy, it, it, it talks about the powerful person. The leader has an ability to bridle their tongue. Because the tongue is the most unruly member of the bottle of the body. So point three is this: this generation's leaders will speak with wise and weighty words because they have listened and obeyed the word of God. Now we, we've established this in previous weeks, but Joshua went from leading with his works to leading with his words. And this is always a transition in the midst of the crossover, okay? Whenever there's an emergence of a new level of leadership in your life, you will notice that more authority and more anointing comes upon your words. Now, you don't get there without first initiating some works. And so what you see here in this crossover is you see the man Joshua, and he wasn't really a young man, right? He really wasn't because you have Joshua and Caleb. The Bible says they are advanced in their years. And they're saying, can we get up and go to war? It doesn't matter how old we are. We have a word from the Lord. And when you have a word from the Lord, you're fearless. And so what we're noticing here in the life of Joshua is fearlessness. Why? Because of the presence of a word from God. When you have a word from God, you can look out at your enemies and say, they are nothing but grasshoppers 
no matter how big, no matter how strong, no matter how powerful, no matter of their ability to cancel you, no matter what strength they may come against you with, you look at them with a God perspective. Why? Because you're carrying a God word. And greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And so you see, Joshua had been serving Moses with his works and now the crossover's taken place. And so God is elevating him, not just for his actions, but now for his voice. He's put authority, he, he, he's put anointing on his voice and he's saying, Joshua, it's now time for you to speak. It's now time for you to release a word from the Lord. And so what you notice here is that his words instantly carry a different weight. His words become weighty. And when your words carry weight, you'll notice that they shift the atmosphere that you speak into. But you know what? Like, I understand that a lot of people, they don't want to serve before they deserve. I get that. A lot of people don't want to wait for a God opportunity to speak. They want to do what orphans do, which is take the opportunity to speak. And what happens when you have somebody speaking out of season is they speak with volume, but their words carry no weight. And it's extremely frustrating, not only for the listener, but also for the speaker, because they're trying to figure out why they're not connecting. Is this going anywhere this morning? They're trying to figure out why nobody's paying attention. They're trying to figure out whenever they, why whenever they speak, nobody's listening. It's because the words have yet to become anointed. You may be a gifted speaker, but God is much more passionate about your character than he is your gifting. A gifting with no power equals nothing. Our giftings, no matter how incredible they are, they are nothing without grace. That's the truth. You don't believe me? Look at a very gifted person that has decided to live in their sin, to turn their back on the Lord, to turn their back on the church, to turn their back on everything that they know is true and right. Yes, they're still gifted, but they're no longer operating with power. The grace is gone from the gift. Dr. Frank talked about this last week. And this generation's leaders are people who are not just passionate to speak on their own, but they're passionate to speak on behalf of God. When they've listened to God, their words carry weight. Once we've listened to God, our words come forth with wisdom. I know everybody is quick to speak. People want to speak because it's public and that's why we love to do it. But before you have the attention of men, you must give attention to God or else you'll actually end up taking something you're not intended to carry yet. And I think this fits in any particular situation. I want you guys to know that when I was younger, I always wanted to preach a lot. I've always been passionate about communicating. I've always looked and watched preachers and I'm like, man, that would be so cool to do. And when I was younger, I was trying to figure out why nobody was asking me to preach. Because I was like, I'm a good preacher. I thought I was. Right? It was like, well, yes, you may have been gifted, but your words do not yet carry weight. 
Your words do not yet carry the wisdom and the temperament of having set with the Holy Spirit and allowed him to move and refine not your gift, but your character. Can I tell you guys that some of the stuff that I preach today, I received that revelation 15 years ago. You don't have to preach it when God gives it to you. (laughs) It's like we're afraid to store it up for another time. Well, I've got to share this right now. Well, give it a shot. I'm not saying you shouldn't unless God says no, but I just want to testify and tell you that some of the great things God spoke to me about, it took a decade before anybody else cared about. I'm telling you the truth. It's like, this is a good word. And I would share it and people would be like, you're a child. (laughs) You know, I'm like, am I preaching to anybody in here? And everybody's just like. And I've literally noticed, I, there are some things that I say, you know, they're catchphrases. You guys know my catchphrases. If you've been here for three weeks, you're like, yeah, we know what they are. I've been saying them for like 12 years. Initially, They're like, he's cute. He's cute. Isn't he cute? Oh, he just hadn't been through enough yet. He's cute. Wait till you get married. Right? Wait till you have kids. Well, I got kids now, Karen. I'm still saying the same thing in Jesus' name. But it just took some time, right? Because you know why? This generation's leaders will not be great speakers, but even better listeners. Because they're willing to sit with the Lord. They're willing to listen to God. That's John 12, 49. For I did not speak on my own, but the Father who sent me commanded me to say all that I have spoken. And this is not just about being devoted to relational prayer and listening to the spirit like the rhema word. This is also being well-versed in the word of God. Consider 2 Timothy 2 and 15. Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman, this is the KJV, that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Listen, if it was good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for you. Whenever Jesus was facing the temptations of his life, how did he combat the enemy? With scripture. If it was good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for you. I think one of the reasons why we find ourselves so often overcome is because we have yet to learn how to wield the sword of the spirit and overcome the enemy with the scripture. I believe that an attack from the enemy is an invitation from God to become a greater student of the Bible. Because God is saying, let me show you how to move a little bit quicker against the enemy. Let me show you how to sharpen the sword. Let me show you how to use it more appropriately. Let me show you how to be more accurate with the scripture. These are the things that put armies to flight. Not you shouting into the darkness, unsure. Like I heard this preacher say this word one time. No, no, personal revelation from the word of God. As you sit with the spirit, you become someone who speaks with wisdom. You become somebody who speaks with a weighty word. You cannot speak for God well without studying what God has already said in his word, which is the Bible. 
great students often become great speakers. If you want to be a great speaker, you first got to become a great student. And I'm not, listen guys, I'm not just talking about ministry, full-time vocational pastoring. I'm talking about God speaking through you in whatever sphere you find yourself in. If it's university, if it's at work, if it's around the dinner table, if you're talking to lost family members, God wants to fill you with his words so that he can love the world to himself through you. Next point comes from verse 10. How am I doing? I'm doing all right. And Joshua said, here's how you shall know that the living God is among you, that he will without fail drive out all of the enemies, right? So number four is this. This generation's leaders will possess a victorious mindset, not a victim's hopelessness. Man, I'm going to have to say that again because some of you guys did not get as excited as I wanted you to. This generation's leaders... Oh, this is worthy of a couple of amens. We'll possess a victorious mindset, not a victim's hopelessness. Yes, 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 yes. Some of us need to surrender our right to be a victim. I'm telling you right now, that victim's mindset will eat the ministry that God has called us to for breakfast. Well, I would do it, but she said that to me. Look at the cross. Well, I would do it, but that pastor said that thing to me that went, well, look at the cross. I do understand we get hurt, we get wounded, we get offended, but that's what the cross is for. That way, that way we can forgive. People who stay hurt, by the church for years and years and years and years ain't telling me nothing new about the church, but you sure are informing me about your unforgiveness. I could go into that for a while. And I even got some background music. Can y'all hear Legacy Kids? The Listen, God told Joshua that he was to know, not reluctantly hope, that he would overcome his enemies. He said, no, no, you're going to know it. You're supposed to have a victor's mindset because your God is a victor, because your God is victorious over death, because your God is victorious over sin, because your God is victorious over offense, because your God is victorious over bitterness. You're not supposed to have this, well, I hope so type of energy. No, no, that's not what Joshua generals live like. Joshua's enemies, yes, they were substantial. They were great, but there was to be no fear in facing them. Why? Because Joshua knew that he had a word from the Lord to lead the people of God to inhabit. And uh, I spoke about this in the last point, but that's something my dad always reminds me of. He said, hey, listen, son, when you have a word from God, you're fearless. But without a word, you're fearful. It doesn't mean that you're not going to be confronted by fear. But with the presence of a word from the Lord, you can overcome any enemy. Which is why Joshua generals, they don't have to flaunt. 
They don't have to become arrogant. They don't have to be egotistical. Joshua generals can move through their purpose with a quiet confidence, knowing that promotion does not come from man. Promotion does not come from the gram. Promotion comes from the Lord. That's the word. They have a quiet confidence. They boast in the Lord. They know that he is a man of his word. They know that if God has spoken, that all that God has said shall come to pass no matter what. Doesn't matter who votes for it. Doesn't matter who votes against it. If God said it, you can write it down with confidence. You can boast in the word because it will come to pass. And Joshua was going to recognize through his victories that the living God was among him and his generation. So Joshua, he really couldn't be impressed by the size or the number of his enemies because he was so focused on God's living presence. And, and that is the result of being a presence person. The size of your enemies diminish. The size of your fear gets displaced. That's what happens when you're a presence person. That's what Joshua was doing. By looking to God consistently, his enemies became grasshoppers. Joshua, general, Joshua generals understand that no defeat is final, even if it's fatal. You know why? Because a victorious mindset is an eternal mindset. It says, even if you take my life, I will not fear the person that can take my body I will fear God that can take my soul, right? That's what the Bible teaches us. And so we understand that even if uh, what happens to us is fatal, it is not final because we have an eternal mindset. We're not doing things for the temporary. We're doing things for the eternal. We're doing things on behalf of God. I do not lose no matter what, because even if I die doing what God told me to do, I get accepted into heaven. And Jesus calls that place paradise. That sounds like I'm winning. But I, I know not everybody is interested in talking like that. Because it's so easy to celebrate the blood of the martyrs while we guard even a single drop of our own. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. Yeah, I heard that. So that's amazing. Listen, this is the makeup of a Joshua general that understands, man, set my mind on things above. All that I see right now is not all that there is. All that I hear right now is not all that there is. I'm living by the Spirit, not for stimulation. Some temporary experience. No, I'm living for a greater reality. It's called the kingdom of heaven. And as a presence person, I pray daily, Lord, give me my daily bread. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Let me walk in that reality. Let me be more aware of what's happening in heaven than I am even my own bank account. I'm not, I'm not saying be a bad steward. I'm, I'm talking about being aware of where you are a present tense, current resident, which is the kingdom of heaven. You are a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. This is what Joshua generals understand. My spiritual mom, Heidi, always reminds us, if you don't quit, you win. All right, point five. Think I'm gonna get to point six? I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna get it done, all right. 
Verse 12. Now, therefore, take 12 men from the tribes of Israel, from each tribe a man. Point five is this. This generation's leaders will be much more passionate about empowering people than building platforms. You, you guys believe this with me? This generation's leaders will be much more passionate about empowering people than building platforms. This is a sign of mature sonship. Until you are willing to defer the spotlight to somebody who deserves it less, you are not ready to be a Joshua general. God is willing to promote you, but are you willing to promote others aside from yourself? These are the leaders that I believe that God is most interested in promoting. Joshua generals, they speak, but they speak to people, not simply to cameras. Okay, we're not caught up in the device. We understand that there are real people who are on the other side of that device, who really need help, who are looking for a real savior. And Joshua generals understand, I am preaching to empower people, not simply build a platform on my own. You guys get what I'm saying? We have to remember that this is not just about the platform, this is about people. Everything that a Joshua general does is for God and for God's people. It's never all about them and how they might personally benefit from all of their services. Ministry means ministry towards God and ministry towards other people. We cannot call it serving when we're only self-serving. A self-promoting ministry is an anti-Christ ministry. I don't really know how to say it any better than that because I think the Bible is pretty clear about this. A self-promoting ministry is an anti-Christ ministry. And I think some of us probably immediately thought about somebody and we're like, oh, the mark of the beast. No, that's not what I mean. I'm talking about the ministry of Jesus, okay? The ministry of Jesus. He said, listen, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. Now that is Jesus ministry. So if your ministry is all about you and it's all self-promoting, that is an anti-Jesus style of ministry. It's not even biblical. It may be cultural, but it's not biblical. Joshua generals know that no promotion is personal, but it's always for the blessing of those that you're connected to. Listen, you don't just get territory for you, you get territory for the fam. Inhabitation level leadership is always searching for somebody to pour into, for somebody to disciple, for somebody to build up, for somebody to encourage, for somebody to give an opportunity to. Their best investments in life are into others and not simply their own influence. A Joshua general has no interest in Lone Ranger influence. Listen, if you're the only one winning, you're losing. Let me say it again. If you are the only one winning, you're losing. Ephesians chapter four, verse 11 through 13. And he gave the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. What is the job description of a five-fold minister? To equip the saints for the work of the ministry. 
unto, for the building up of the body of Christ, unto, we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to maturity, to the measure and stature of the fullness of Christ. A five-fold minister's job description is found right there. And the very first thing the Bible teaches us is that a five-fold minister is to equip the saints for what? The work of the ministry. You know what work means? It literally means, I looked it up in the Greek, it means serve. The picture there is to actively wait tables. So the Lord's like, you want to be a leader? Here's how you become a leader. You teach people to wait tables. I I know sometimes people get offended when I talk about serving up here. Like, I ain't doing that. You're just trying to get me to serve. Yes. Like literally, yes, I am. You know why? Because the Bible tells me so. That's what I'm supposed to do. If I don't push you to serve, I'm not doing what God's asked me to do. Okay, point six, and it comes from verse 13. And when the soles of the feet of the priest bearing the ark of the Lord, the Lord of heaven shall rest in the waters, the waters shall be cut off from flowing and the waters coming down from above shall stand still in one heap. We all said this before, but this is a supernatural miracle. Everybody just say, wow. Supernatural miracle. And that leads us to the last and final point, verse uh, point six. This generation's leaders, ministries will be marked by the supernatural. Unexplainable miracles will surround them. People will sit across the table from you and they'll say, I don't know why I'm doing this. (laughs) You guys don't know what I'm talking about. I don't know why I'm giving this to you. I don't know why I'm granting you this promotion. I don't know why I'm writing you this check. I don't know why I'm just, you know, slicing the price of the house that I was gonna sell in the hot market that is Nashville so that you and your family could live there, but there's just something about you. That's supernatural favor. That's supernatural grace. And it's not just about getting blessed. I'm talking about being a blessing where you pray for people and you see transformation happen, where you prophesy over people and you see testimonies take place. The following week, somebody's like, dude, you guys prayed for me and it happened. You remember when we prayed for property and territory and houses? I've already gotten three testimonies back. Of people are like, I don't know why. It's unexplainable, but there's something supernatural happen. When we do what God says, God does what God says. Right? Right? If we'll do our part, he'll do his part. Listen, what seemed to be a tumultuous river became a river bed in the midst of us walking out. And I love the idea of a river bed. It just illustrates rest. You're gonna walk through on dry ground, just like your father Moses did, right? And so when we go where God says to go, we'll have to depend upon the miraculous. I think one of the reasons why we don't see more miracles is because we play it too safe. Listen, when you need a miracle, there will be multiplication. You've got to follow God to the end of yourself. I really believe that. I was talking with Mama Heidi uh, two weeks ago, I think it was now, and we ended up on the phone for quite some time and we prayed together a bit and she said, hey, I just want to remind you, you're going to see food multiply. You're going to see miracles. You're going to see healings. You're going to see bodies healed. 
And listen, I want this church to be a place like the pool of Bethesda, where people are driving from hours away, states away. They're catching flights to come into Nashville because they're like, the waters are troubled. Something is happening there. And I believe that I can get a healing from the Lord because I'm around a group of Joshua generals that understand that the supernatural is actually required to fulfill everything that God wants to do in this generation. In a generation that is so passionate about science and academia and everything that they can learn with their natural mind. I believe that the Joshua generals are going to stand up. They're going to walk in the unexplainable. They're going to move in things that, you know, it says that the foolish things confound the wise in scripture. We're going to see literally God do things that make no sense. And it's going to be so good. It's going to offend your intellect. You're going to say, I'm actually offended that God's that good. You know what I'm saying? Why? I, God just broke my box. God, what are you doing to me? I thought I had you all figured out. And he's like, you're 22. You're 92. You guys with me? Let's stand up and pray. Oh, I just believe that this is a word for our house. Do you believe it, church? I just believe this is a word for legacy. If you believe it, say, I believe it. Just put your hand on your heart. We're going to pray. Lord, I just thank you for this Joshua general right here, right now. I thank you for this emerging leader. I thank you for this person that they know they are anointed by God. They're called to prophesy. They're called to speak. They're called to preach. They're called to move in miracles. They're called to see visions and have dreams. They're called to do what you've called them to do on the front lines of the kingdom of God. For some that may look like birthing businesses. Maybe you're a realtor. Maybe you're called to take territory and you're called to help people, believers even find land that they are supposed to inhabit this year. Lord, I just declare this truly is a year of inhabitation. This is a year where people are stepping further up and further into their purpose, Lord. And so we say yes and amen. We agree, we agree. We agree with what you've asked us to do, Lord. We're not going to guard our comforts, but we're going to step out in obedience. We declare that today. We're going to step out in obedience. We are Joshua generals. Everybody just say, I am a Joshua general. Everybody say, I am in habitation, level, leader. I am an inhabitation level Level. leader in Jesus name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a big clap of praise. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We bless you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thanks for tuning into the Legacy Nashville podcast. If you'd like to support the ministry, you can do so at LegacyNashville.org forward slash give. If you're listening on iTunes, log into the store and give us a good rating and review. This helps our podcast reach new people with the good news of Jesus Christ. Until next week, love God, love people, and go change the world.